Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, March 21st, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is feeling at least relieved that the Band-Aid is ripped off. Yeah, that's a good way to think of it. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, we're going to talk more about the Claude Giroux deal and the fallout from it. We're going to talk about the Flyers playing actual hockey games against the Ottawa Senators <laughs> and New York Islanders. And it's Monday, so we're going to have our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. So Russ, the big news, of course, is the Anaheim Ducks have claimed Jerry Mayhew off waivers. Well, I, I, will, I will say this. Considering the guy tried as hard as he could and at least had an impact in some games, I hope that at least that gets him some sort of job next year, and I'll feel good about that. Is he a full-time NHL or no? We know he's not. But at least if he can get another contract out of it, that's good for him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely agreed. And, you know, I think it's kind of a bummer because he was a fun personality to have around, but from a hockey but from a hockey perspective, it's not a big deal. Yeah, anytime he did something good, he said, F yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you're good in my book <laughs> if you do that. All right, so moving back over to the Claude Giroux trade. And in case you have not listened to it yet, we did a special episode on Saturday when the news broke. So go back to listen to that and you'll hear our initial reactions to it. Now we've had a little bit of time to let the dust settle and we've heard from Chuck Fletcher. And he reiterated that Claude Giroux decided he wanted to go to Florida. He had earned that right to dictate where he wanted to go. And that despite, you know, them having some conversations with other teams about it, once Claude Giroux said, I want to go to Florida, that was the only team he negotiated with. Thank you for stating the obvious. Like we all knew that. Well, I think for some people, there was some questions okay. around that. Fair enough. And so I think that for him to reiterate that was important at this press conference. That's fine. And then, you know, one of the other things that we talked about in that special episode as well was about Owen Tippett specifically. And, you know, why Owen Tippett as opposed to one of the other prospects who may seem to be higher quality, right? We mm -hmm. only talked about several other of the guys. Well, so in this press conference, he said that he wanted somebody who could be part of a core of players for this team that were under 25, but somebody who was more developed than some of these other prospects, wanted somebody who could help the team sooner rather than later, ostensibly as part of this aggressive retool, right, that 
Chuck Fletcher wants to do. And in theory, he should be able to make an impact over the next couple of years. Okay. So <laughs> the the developed part. Yeah. If you develop mm-hmm. somebody the wrong way, does that count as developed? That's what we're talking about here. Right. I think that Fletcher was kind of hedging his language a little bit here because he said somebody who was already developed, but then he said somebody that needs to work on a couple of things and should have an impact next year or the year after. Right. So I think he was saying two different things at once about Owen Tippett and kind of rightfully so, because that is realistic about Owen Tippett. No, it is. It is. There are some things wrong with his game that need to be improved. And so to try and level set expectations, honestly, that was the right thing to say. Okay, when you say it like that, that's fine. Um, But I will say this. There's two massive things that he has to work on. Forgetting about defense. Like, I don't want to hear Mike Yo talking about defense the rest of the year. Defense isn't winning them games. It will win games when you have a good, well-rounded team. Right now, at this moment, it's not going to matter. But what I do want to talk about is, and I was able to really watch this game and look at things, the biggest thing is still his missed shots. Remember I talked about that the other day before they got him? So, mm-hmm. even in this game, he had more missed shots than shots on net. And... That's an issue. And it's an issue because he is known for having a quick release, except he really doesn't have a quick release on anything but his wrist shot. The one that went off the post, the wrist shot, that's what he has a quick release on. He doesn't have a quick release on the rest. Like on the on the backhand, it took an extra second to load up. Sorokin move, moves over. When he's down low, he's on the hash mark there. It took him an extra sec, half second to get that puck to where he thought it was going to go in, and Chara gets it. In the passing end, he was doing pretty good. Like, you know, Wilman could have maybe gotten a goal on, on the one real good pass. But though, the big thing is the time on his shot. And the same way, remember that I said that Claude Giroux went to a, a shooting guy? I think Tippett mm-hmm. needs to, too. Because if we're just going to go with the jargon, hey, it's great, he's got this great heavy shot, yeah, great. But at the end of the day, it has to go in or someone has to deflect it to get to get their goal or something because it's not going to be enough otherwise. Right. And I think that's part of the setting expectations Mm -hmm. that Chuck Fletcher was doing in this press conference. Now, you you can agree or disagree that Owen Tippett was the right asset to get back from Florida. Right. We've talked a lot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We generally disagree. But but I don't hold that against Owen Tippett. Like he's here. So I just deal with what's here. Exactly. So, you know, I think that there'll be a a real good opportunity for Owen Tippett over the next 20 ish games that we have to finish out the season. And there'll be a good opportunity for us to get to watch him play and see, you know, what his potential ceiling could be. So all of that is good, I think. Now, the other thing that Fletcher talked about specifically was including uh, German Rubsoff and Connor Bunneman in the deal, confirming that he did that to create room in their contract bank so that they can negotiate easier with Ronnie Adder, Bobby Brink, Noah Cates. Um, and so in addition to losing the Jerry Mayhew contract, they should be down to 46 contracts on the books, which is a much better position to be in than at 49 with a bunch of guys to try and sign. It's a better position contract-wise. I don't know if they're in a better position um, 
prospect-wise without Bunnerman. Again, this is a sure. this is a league that looks for big centermen. We also know that bigger players sometimes take a little longer to put those, all those parts together. And I do feel like Bunneman is starting to do that, but never really got a chance to do that. So then you have to ask yourself, what's more valuable, having that player or having that free contract? Yeah, I, th- I think obviously both are important, but I think that they ultimately just decided that the potential of these other guys was more important than the current status of Connor Bunneman and German Rupsoff. And Agree or disagree, again, (laughs) this is kind of where we are with Chuck Fletcher. It's like he has very definite opinions, and whether you agree or disagree with him, he's going to be judged on the sum of these decisions that he's making, and we won't know until next fall, right? True, but the the one thing we sort of know is he's cleaning out a lot of what Ron Hextall did, whether it's good, bad, whatever you want to say about it, but he is. Mm -hmm. These are Hextall picks. Now, We've never heard him talk about Jack St. Ivany, who's having a really good year for BC. My guess is they're not even going to try and sign him. But we'll see. Because they only have four contracts. They probably have like five, six guys that they could sign at any given time, depending on if they want to come out or not. Um, but we never hear that name. And he's, and he's a good player, but he's also a Hextall pick. After the college season is over, we'll find out where their priorities are on that front. A couple of other things. Justin Braun was held out of Sunday's game against the Islanders for asset management reasons. Obviously, we'll find out probably later today what's going on with him, and we'll talk about it on that show didn't hold anyone else out, so it seems like maybe there'll be fewer trades than we thought. Uh, in addition, Tyson Forster was sent back to the Barry Colts in the OHL, which I think is a, a good decision for him to ride out the season. It's a good there. move, and I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, they did that with Zade Wisdom, and Zade Wisdom's really yep. not at the level that he was a year ago. Still. Still this season, because I check on him. I know someone who covers the team, and, and I've watched video, and he's he's getting there. But it really does take a while with these shoulder injuries. And I know people are writing, well, Foster will go back there and he'll finish out the year with Barry and then he'll come back to the Phantoms. And like, you know, it's like, yeah, OK, but maybe if it depends where he is, you may not want him to play for the Phantoms the rest of the year if he's not quite there because you don't want to really test this shoulder too much. And then the other move uh, or update was that Ryan Fitzgerald cleared waivers so he's going to be back with the Phantoms which is good because the Phantoms are down a couple of guys and they'll probably they need players they need players and they're probably going to be down one more but that's something we'll talk about later this week the Flyers did play a couple of games this weekend like I said against Ottawa and the New York Islanders so we're going to talk about that next but first we're going to hear about Athletic Greens. I want to take a moment to talk to you about Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized optimized immune system, and hated taking pills slash vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole-sourced superfood, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle-friendly. 
whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contain less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Athletic Greens supports better sleep quality and recovery. It also supports mental clarity and alertness. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Today at 3.30 Eastern, tune in to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey's live deadline reaction show to get all the on-ice fantasy and betting analysis you need from hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone with appearances from our roster of local team experts. And for our immediate reaction, catch our trade deadline reaction episode posting this afternoon. So I think this was like a tale of two games, Russ, Mm -hmm. where... The game against Ottawa on Friday was just kind of the land of shell shock, I think, Mm -hmm. for the Flyers. They were tired and I think emotionally spent from the Claude Giroux thousandth game. They immediately had to get on a plane and go play a road game without him. And things were still up in the air. And I, I think there was just a level of exhaustion that kind of set in for this team and So I kind of want to give him a pass on it, to be honest. I think, you know, it was just a a difficult circumstance at best for these guys to play a hockey game. And I, you know, overall, it wasn't the worst game they've played. Um, I think the biggest problems for me was, uh, you know, Ottawa had a ton of takeaways in this one relative to the Flyers. and, And it was just, again, noticeably slower in their reactions and, and that led to a lot of it. Yeah, I mean you can't do anything about Tim Stutzel. Like he's he's gonna have those kinds of moments. But yeah, I just I everything you said is true. You know, hopefully the guys got some poutine or beaver tails um after the game <laughs> and you know, basically there's not much you could do about it. Like I don't know if anybody would have picked them to win that game, no matter who they were playing. Exactly. You know, I think there were a few like good moments in the game. I thought Cam Atkinson had a a great play to redirect the Risto shot Mm -hmm. uh, to tie it up. And, you know, they weren't out of it. So like I said, it wasn't the worst game they've ever played. I I just think it was not a good day for them. (laughs) And and I think everybody kind of understood that. But I do want to talk a lot more about the game against the Islanders, which I thought was a very good game by the Flyers overall. I think, again, all things considered, still kind of coming down from this, you know, emotional weekend. But this was, you know, the first chance to play at home in front of the fans after Claude Giroux left. And, you know, Owen Tippett's first game, I think was pretty exciting. And it seemed like the guys wanted to make it a really good atmosphere for him to be successful. We talked a little bit about his play in the first segment. But... I want to talk about a couple line combinations here because I really like the middle six for this 
game where Hayes centered Farabee and Konechny and then Frost centered Lindblom and Tippett. I think that was a really smart move. I do think that was a smart move. Um, I think there's a lot of different things on that line and the fact that someone like Lindblom is going to, you know, play defense if necessary, if Tippett goes deep, which he definitely does uh, a lot. That's fine. So I I thought that that actually um, was a good move. Yeah, and especially because Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett actually know each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, They talked about it post-game as well from uh, Team Canada in World Juniors in 2018. So to put them on the same line, I think, was helpful for both of them because Morgan Frost, again, playing center where he's comfortable but has struggled a little bit more than when he's been on wing with the Flyers to have a line mate that he was familiar with who was also nervous because it was his first game with the Flyers, I think, was really helpful for both of them in the game and I thought they both looked actually pretty good yeah I I would agree with that the only thing that that Tippett has to sort of watch out for is uh in the third period like the Islanders you know you could see that their offense was anemic in this game now is it that because of the five and seven or is it just because that's what they are it's hard to say but it's probably a little bit of both but their defense was their defense like that's always good and Sorokin's always good so the fact that you could gain these you know get good shots and and make get good chances on that defense in Sorokin is, is a big deal. The um the only thing you want to to look out for is Tippett was a target in the third period. Like they were just pounding him. He got mm-hmm. he got really clobbered a couple times. He is a big strong guy, but again, if he is going to make a lot of these offensive plays, a lot of teams are going to look at other guys who are in the lineup or not in the lineup and say, "Well, if we take Tippett out of the play, what do they really have here?" And so that's going to be something where they got to watch that maybe with the line construction if, if it doesn't get hot. Yeah, and I think he also needs to have a practice or two under his belt yeah. because his positioning was a little bit off. And that's just only natural. Um, it should come with time. But I think that will help in terms of, you know, if a team is going to go after him. I think if he's more familiar with his teammates and can anticipate things better, that'll solve part of that problem. I'm going to take Mike Yo to task here by saying, well, I didn't really have to say anything to tip it. Nobody really says anything to a guy who comes in off a flight and just... 12 hours. And comes into your game. So please, Mike, enough of that. I mean, that was silly. And um, that was just, for me, it was just like, you know, almost unnecessary that he's saying that. But as far as usage went, you know, Tippett really only had 10 minutes of five-on-five ice time. He had four and a half minutes. He has much power play time as Kevin Hayes. So we're going to have to see Mm -hmm. how that usage sort of goes forward because if you're going to play a third-line guy only like 10 minutes a game and just give him every power play minute, that's going to sort of weaken your third line and then – you are going to have to shuffle some lines in like the third period as a result. So we'll see how that works. Uh, speaking of the power play, we're still on Travis Anheim uh, power play watch <laughs> because he's not getting. Which is insane. It just makes no because sense. Once again, he had a phenomenal game. He did. I think his vision was really good. He was picking r- really smart spots to make a push and skate up versus taking this shot from distance and looking for a redirect or a rebound. Um, I think that he had a really nice feed in the third period to JVR, who was stopped by Sorokin, but again, a really smart play. 
I think that Joel Farabee also looked really good in this game. Yeah, he had a good Aggressive game. forward check, getting a stick in there to feed the puck that led to both of the goals for the Flyers. Yeah, no question. I mean, Farabee uh, is Farabee. Anytime he's healthy, he's a huge plus to have in the lineup. And, and Hayes does look better. He's still not there, but he is mm-hmm. getting better. And that is that is definitely a positive. So, uh, you know, two-goal game for him is big. So, yeah, that that all looks really good so far. Yeah, I think so. And I've, I've seen the progression of Kevin Hayes mm-hmm. over the past four games has been really good. So that is... Uh, a really positive step, I think. And it'll allow the Flyers, I think, to look at several different combinations that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise because they would have had to shelter him. Right. But I think they'll have to do that less and less moving forward, which is a really good sign. We're kind of starting to get ready to move forward, which is a good thing. And that relates to our nemesis of the week coming up next, We will be talking about that shortly. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net's the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. We've been talking about Bill Barr for a long time on this show, and by now you know how much we love them. But Bill has more than just regular protein bars. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they are a treat. They're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. All Bilt Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. If you go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. They're high protein, but low calorie, high fiber, but low carb. Most built bars contain about 130 calories, four grams of sugar and four net carbs, but have 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, it's going to have 240 calories, a ton of sugar and dozens of net carbs. And they have so many delicious flavors of their regular bars like mint brownie, raspberry and cherry barcia. New for this month, Caramel Almond Delight. They've got new flavors coming out all the time. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Russ, it's time for our nemesis of the week. And if you're a new listener and you're not familiar with this segment, every Monday we look at the week ahead and say who or what in hockey is getting our goat, is upsetting us, or is the biggest challenge for this upcoming week for the Flyers or in hockey overall. My nemesis last week was not crying all week about Claude Giroux. (laughs) Epic fail. Epic (laughs) fail on that. I cried more than I think I've ever cried about sports in my life, I've got to say. And I never thought that something would overtake the uh, 2014 Olympics in Sochi for women's hockey gold medal game. That was the most devastating sports thing that I had experienced. And this, I think, is worse. It has been worse. But 
I think also at this point, I'm out of tears. And we're gonna, like I said, at the top of the show, rip the bandaid off and we're gonna move forward. I don't think you're out of tears. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I'm going to try to avoid seeing pictures of Claude Giroux in a Panthers jersey. You're not going to be able to avoid it. He's probably going to score a goal in his first game or something. You know this. I know. Well, that relates to my nemesis this week, which is facing the future without Claude Giroux. And I think that, you know, watching Owen Tippett was a good first step in terms of having something else to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's some other deals we're going to be talking about that we can focus on. And then there's all the opportunities we have for the last set of games for the season in terms of talent evaluation and potential prospect contract signings that we alluded to earlier in the show. And so I think, you know, there are things to look forward to and to talk about. And I'm very much excited about all of it. Yeah, me too. I, I think, um, those kinds of things are fun for me. So I, I, I never get bored with that. Um, my nemesis of the week is going to be a little off the board here. Uh, it's going to be more of a rant. And it will affect my week, though. So about a week ago, I went up to Dunkin' Donuts and got my normal iced tea. Asked for, you know, large unsweetened iced tea. I don't put any sugar in it, whatever, uh, with lemon. And the guy was like, uh, no more lemon. Discontinued. I'm like... Really? All right. Maybe he's wrong. Maybe he just didn't use the right word. Okay, no problem. Let me just have my iced tea. I, I go back today to a different Dunkin' Donuts, and there is no more lemon. But here's my issue, Dunkin' Donuts, and I tweeted to them with a lot of response, and maybe they're asleep on a Sunday, but clearly the stores are open, but nobody's home at social media. My problem is... Not having lemon available for an iced tea drinker is sort of like not having cream available for a coffee drinker. Like what else other than sugar would someone do with their iced tea? I mean, it's crazy that they don't have anything. If someone wants to say, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a sanitary thing. Well, okay, then, then, then have lemon juice packets. You have to have something else available. I'm telling you now, it will not only affect me and the business with you in the future, it's going to affect other people too. So... Maybe think about that next time. Whoever, whatever bean counter decided, hey, we could save X amount by not having lemon slices, um, which again, last I looked, lemons are pretty cheap, uh, that you have to offer some sort of alternative. And they have not. Clearly you have feelings about this, Russ. I mean, just a few. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember anything getting discontinued at a place that recently that has upset me like that. But... Dunkin' Donuts, I hope you take care of Russ because I would like him happy with the iced tea of his choosing. You don't want me bitching on every show. Shows. <laughs> All right, wrapping things up with our Flyers fun thing. And one thing we didn't get to talk about was the NCHC awards uh, for the, that's the National Collegiate Hockey Conference with a couple of our prospects that won some of those awards. And Uh, Really nice to see. So Bobby Brink got two of those awards. He was not only the forward of the year, but he was player of the year and is currently a Hobie Baker finalist. Yeah, Brink is having a great year. I don't know if he's going to win the Hobie. I know he led the nation. I have this feeling Luke Hughes is going to win the Hobie with all the goals he had. I know. Just saying. But it doesn't matter. You can't take it away from him. The kid had a great year. 
he did. And Ronnie Adderd from Western Michigan was the Offensive Defenseman of the Year. Love to see that. Yeah, this is one where I'm going to pat myself on the back because I had Adderd uh, listed as, you know, one of my first rounders that year that he was drafted. And I was maybe the only one for people who do lists and everything else. And when I saw the Flyers take him, I was like, you know what, this is a really good pick not because I had him as listed as the first round talent but just because I like the size and his shot and I knew it would just take him mm-hmm. a while this guy can play don't expect him because he's big to be in the NHL right away but no in a couple of years you'll see him and, and that's when you want to see him when, when he has his game completed but this is a really good step and and again there's not a lot of defensemen like him in hockey so you want the Flyers to take their time with this guy and develop him correctly Exactly. And uh, in the NCHC tournament, Denver beat Western Michigan in the quarterfinal, but lost to Minnesota Duluth, home of Noah Cates, in the semifinals of that tournament. uh, Minnesota Duluth eventually won. And we're going to talk about the Frozen Four tournament later this week and all the Flyers prospects involved in that. So that should be a lot of fun as well. Yeah, Minnesota Duluth is a is a juggernaut always. And that'll do it for today's show, or at least part one of today's show. We're going to be back later today with our trade deadline wrap-up show. And we're going to slide our Phantoms Tuesday to Wednesday to make room for that. So uh, this afternoon's show will become our Tuesday episode as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us your trade deadline reactions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.